Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of EdgeGuard, the podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Blake, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and good friend, Jordan Pruitt. That's your last name this time. Oh, yeah. Normally don't do that. What goes around comes around. You're damn right. Do you know Uh, my middle name? Probably, because I put mine in all my shit for some dumb reason. I do know your middle name. Uh, do you want me to expose you to the world, or you want to keep? Yeah, it fun go for mystery? it. It's on most. Carl, of us. right? With yeah. a K. With a K, yeah. you can remember like Marks, not Sandberg. <laughs> exactly. It's very on, <laughs> very on brand for you to have a middle <laughs> name, Carl. <laughs> um, but anyway, today we are here to tell, talk to you not about Carl Marx and his beliefs, or my uh, middle but, name. Yeah, or Jordan's middle name, but instead uh, a, a different person with a name. That name being Brendan Keo. Uh, and his puddle putting challenge, <laughs> which I just realized is kind of a misnomer because this isn't a game that simulates uh, putting specifically. It simulates uh, uh, all of golf. Well, so, yes, but it is. It operates like putting. It operates actually. more like putting because it's fully two dimensional. But yes, yeah. it is. Um, yeah, that is the premise. The game is like. Uh, well, I just like the way he puts it on his itch page, so I'll just say. Sure. It's a Pico 8 golf game about the parts of golf that other video games cut out. Put the ball sure. on the tee yourself. Well, I don't have to read all of those, but it's like... Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, you know, most golf sim games are just like you literally stand teleport in one place, to teleport the to the ball. Uh, Flick in this, your stick back and forth. Yes. In this, you walk, you place, uh, you... I was hoping you would keep your score, but it does that automatically. Uh, you even yeah. have to pick your oh, ball up. that would up, be kind of fun. Pick your ball up out of the out of the hole after you make it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's um riding a golf cart. Yeah, riding a golf cart was was the one thing that I was I was missing a little bit. No, uh, you do. You can. There's a golf cart at the very beginning. Are you serious? Yeah, I wasn't sure if it glitched or if this was how it's supposed to go, but I got in the golf cart. And then I drove it off screen and it disappeared. So I'm not sure if. Oh. But you huh. can at least drive a golf cart around the first screen. It seemed like it might have been a bug uh, that it disappeared. Huh. I couldn't tell. Where was the golf cart? I didn't even see it. Or maybe I didn't realize it was a golf cart. Uh, it doesn't look. I mean, it's a Pico 8 game. That's another thing we should say. <laughs> yeah. So the, for those of you who don't know what Pico 8 is, it's like a platform for designing very stripped down 8-bit games and um or eight i guess not not technically approximately eight bit but yeah eight bit in style and uh mechanical depth um Mm -hmm. uh and so this is in that so a lot of the obviously the art style is very pixely and abstract so the the cart is a interpretation of a cart we'll say (laughs) okay jordan i'm gonna have to stop you right there i loaded up the game to experience this cart there, where's the cart? There's no oh. cart here. <laughs> oh, wait. Are you playing? Did you the, buy the pro version? I did. I did. Oh, wow. That must be why. Huh. Damn. I didn't realize that was different. Yeah. So if yeah. you spend like, I think it's two rather than one. Yeah. Dollars. Austra- yeah. Produce. I guess we should mention this game costs dollars. However, it's one or two uh, Australian dollars respectively, which, which uh, we learned the exchange rate. <laughs> Yeah, pretty low. It's like seventy four cents. So US, quite a steal. Yeah, it is a steal. Yeah, I like his explanation for it. He was like, 
I was thinking about doing it for free, but I didn't want to contribute to the devaluing of indie game labor, so small fee. I was like, okay, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's reasonable. Good. I can get I behind that. that. Good for you, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, where do you want to start with this game? I guess the the whole the whole kind of premise. I, I don't want to say joke because I wouldn't say this is really a joke game, but the 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 whole rub is like you have to do all the. You don't just get to do the fun parts of golf. You get to do the the boring parts of golf too. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I think actually it probably ends up being uh, maybe the majority or at least 50% of what you're doing is just like slowly meandering uh, between courses or along the courses. I yeah. guess if you count walking the time when you're like yeah. walking along the holes, um, you are, uh, it's definitely more than half. I mean, it's the definitely the majority. Um, yeah. I um I mean I I don't want to go so far as to say it was an accurate simulation of the experience of golf, but I did no. find that adding those things in, I, you know I don't golf that much, so this is uh-huh. very much amateur perspective, but it did add some like aspects of golf that I didn't think about as like integral to the experience. But like sure. one of them is like between between your hits, you're mm-hmm. kind of thinking about what your next hit will be. Um, on the transit to get to your ball oh, on the way there. Sure. And that is added in, in, um, in this, I don't know. That was just kind of something that's missing from a lot of golf games. You don't, you don't, this gives you a much more like intimate sense of space between where you were and where your ball goes to versus when, you know, most digital golf games, you just teleport and it's like, you're kind of in this abstract single point. Um, yeah, that's, that's actually interesting. Cause I like a lot of, I guess, I should say my largest experience with golf games. Oh, I was just about to say something that isn't technically true, but my, <laughs> my experience with a traditional like golf game is like Tiger Woods PGA tour 2005 on the PS2. Uh, and I feel like golf games have sort of fallen out of vogue. I don't even know if they, that I'm sure the Tiger Woods PGA tour games, if they do still come out, they aren't called Tiger Woods PGA tour, but I'm also <laughs> not sure that they're still making them. Um, but uh, it was definitely like the golf part was a small portion. You're also like, you know, getting sponsorships from like Nike and like dressing up your Tiger Woods and, uh, you know, all kinds of weird like metagamey stuff. And then uh, again, the, 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 the golfing is very paraphrased. It's like, all right, here you are at the tee. You can see the wind blowing. You can do a fly over the course and then you <laughs> flick the stick back and flick it forward. And then you see a cool dynamic camera flying around and then you teleport to where it is. Um, which yeah, that is, was a pretty good summary. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's, which is cool. And, um, I don't know. I definitely had a lot of fun playing uh, Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2005 had a very nice remix of, uh, outcasts, uh, the way you move which was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. I never, <laughs> I, I never played that, that game. <laughs> it's, it's uh, actually pretty good. That, that, that remix is really good. Huh? I did play uh, <laughs> golf with friends, which I know you did not like. <laughs> no, I absolutely hate golf with friends. <laughs> uh, is it the uh, golf or uh, the friends? Uh, surprisingly, it is the golf that I hate, <laughs> uh, or I hate more of the, of the two things. <laughs> Although the friends did not help. <laughs> Um, but no, it's like, um, I think you're definitely right. Like you have a little bit more time to consider the world and like, I don't know, even though you're getting like a broader sense of like this huge course as you're like flying over it and like this cool 
you know cinematic camera in like a, a more like triple a traditional golf game uh there's something uh not quite meditative but just kind of like uh contemplative about like yeah slowly meandering your way along the green i don't yeah, know there's just like so- a different kind of rhythm i would say like yeah to, absolutely to, the, to play um yeah maybe i think rhythm is maybe a good uh description because i think that's uh in rhythm it is much closer to playing actual golf yeah um, even if it is still quite sped up because yeah yeah it's still very paraphrased i guess here's here's a question for you what is your um like real world experience with golfing oh like i've played fewer than 10 times um, okay but i have played like full i think i've done a full 18 holes only twice i think okay. i've done nine like handful of times i have a couple so, uncles that golf so whenever okay, like gotcha. family reunions a few times i have but that's it yeah there's there was a um so when i was a, a kid my mom really liked golf and there was this uh like rinky dink little golf course called golf city uh in my hometown that was only nine holes it wasn't big enough to be 18 holes and they had a driving range nine holes a tiny little uh oh i guess they had a they had a full mini a full like putt putt course but um on sunday afternoons uh my mom would uh take my sister and i to go golfing and we each had uh for a while we shared clubs when we were the same size and then we each got our own little set of clubs and my mom would like uh you know take us down to the golf course for nine holes which usually meant mom played nine holes while <laughs> lauren and i played like three or four and then eventually got bored and we're just like messing around or whatever <laughs> yeah that um, sounds right but it was like you know a lot of a lot of sundays that was like a i have very fond memories of you know wandering around you know talking with my mom and my sister as uh, you know, we're going to golf and mom's trying to explain to us like the rules and etiquette as I'm like swinging my golf club around like a sword because uh, that's what a 10 year old boys want to do. Um, but yeah, then golf city uh, got uh, bought out and shut down and turned into a uh, like shitty McMansion housing development. So oh, rest yeah. in peace golf city. <laughs> but anyway, so like, I don't know. There's, there's something a little bit different about this and that it was a, a, a very lonely, uh, golfing experience. Um, yeah, well, which I, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, there are other people there, but they are NPCs that <coughs> stay, uh, they don't move, but you can't talk to yeah. them. And I yeah, did talk and to one of them and he was like, I forget what it was, but it was something very encouraging. It was like, yeah, you he's can, like, you you can do it. You got this. That's what it was. Well, there's and there's one guy that says, uh, "Give it all you've got," which That's may seem thinking. like yeah, yeah. like a, sort of an empty, uh, like superlative or something. But it's actually uh, on that hole. If you hit it with full power, then you'll get like right to the green on your first shot. Oh, <laughs> it's I a little clue. Uh huh. <laughs> a clue. A clue. <laughs> but but anyway, I think um, something uh, that I was thinking about is like in in real life, golf is largely or at least the sort of the traditional or my experience with golf is it's largely like a social thing. Like you don't just be like, Hey, I'm going to go play a round of golf by myself. Like it's kind of like you find someone it's like, Oh, Hey, let's go get a, get a tea time at yeah. such course. And yeah, uh, you go and, golfing in order to sell stock to people or <laughs> in order to schmooze in order ne- to negotiate uh, your network. corporate merger. I don't know if, if oh, yeah. TV is taught me anything you golf in order to, to make a business deal <laughs> business deals yeah. or or you, you golf 
it's it's like largely since uh the walking is such a big like time investment it's like you yeah. kind of have to like okay well let's like bring someone along and they'll like talk and i know it's very common for um you know uh people to bring along a cooler full of beers or something and be yeah. um driving along having beers and shooting the shit and you know having fun um i do have a very a, a close friend who was uh like a very good uh golf player like he was on the high school golf team they won state and all that sort of thing so um it's like oh. definitely camaraderie and uh like just uh social interaction is like a large part of real life golf so it was it was interesting like thinking about a lone man just like going you know nine holes of golf is it'll probably take you 90 minutes or something i guess when if you're playing by yourself you don't have to wait for anyone you could probably rip through it pretty quickly but um it's just kind of a a fun like (laughs) and sad lonely thing to think about it's like a guy just like meandering along the course like by himself yeah i imagine him walking roughly the same way that the little sprite does in this game you like kind of waddling your arms and legs back and forth yeah arms and legs just going up and down <laughs> well and also the other thing to think about is like uh usually golf courses are like busy enough that there's um uh if you're moving too quickly you'll just run into the group that's ahead of you that had the tea time before you because they i think a lot of golf courses will like stagger out like they only send out a group every like 30 minutes or whatever to try and prevent people uh running into each other um mm, or sometimes right. you'll get paired up with strangers if you, yeah, you know yeah. if you go in a group of two or something uh and so it just kind of it it, it it draws a picture in my mind i was kind of like imagining the this guy like very slowly meandering his way from each course because he knows if he just charged all the way through that he'd uh, run and catch up to the, the group of four of in front of him yeah, and he doesn't one person has like, never golfed before, so they're going slow. Exactly, and he doesn't, doesn't want to be a nuisance or like make people feel uncomfortable. So it's just you know, just chilling. Yeah, really aiming his way along. You know, uh, yeah. he's, he, I, for some reason I'm imagining him walking with his hands like crossed behind his back. You know, like uh, an old man going for a walk. <laughs> you know, you see that that old guy like, walking at the, the trees park. a bit. Yep, exactly. Just kind of like really <laughs> just walking just to be out. Just to be out of the house. I mean, really, the ideal way to play <coughs> Brennan Keo's uh, putting challenge would uh-huh. be to, if we had played at the same time on Discord and taken turns on each hole. <laughs> <laughs> like, are right, you go next? <laughs> what, what does it look like to you? Roughly, you know, hundred meters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be really something. That would be <laughs> like making your own golf with friends. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, how do you feel about the actual like golf gameplay mechanics? It's it's pretty uh, simplified. I mean, it's Pico Eight, so uh, it's it's yeah. pretty limited. I am. Um, um, I found myself getting surprisingly invested in it. Um, I was uh-huh. expecting it to be one game where I kind of like, um, I don't, how do I put this? Like where I played it conceptually more than like, oh sure, what's play uh, ludically? Like I, ludically. I guess, play, I, guess <laughs> I could just say playfully. <laughs> Uh, ludicrously ludicrously yes no because like you know one of those games where it's like it's about the fact that golf games cut stuff out rather than Uh uh, being a game of golf Um, but actually like when it comes down to it i it wasn't actually super tedious and i found most Mm -hmm. of the stuff that he decided to add in um i did find it a little bit relaxing and then the um there is something just sort of intrinsically like 
satisfying about the abstract simplicity of having a red line in front of you and trying to line it up and then guessing how much power you need. Like that is a yeah. a very familiar sort of like golf game formula. Yeah. But I, I did find myself getting like, okay, really invested yeah. in getting it Although right. Although it, it had me thinking about like, um, cause there are two, two D golf games aren't a totally new concept. Like, uh, no, it's pretty no. common to have a 2d golf game that rather than, uh, like this, where it's, uh, from the top down, it's, uh, sort of from the side and you're like shooting a golf ball up a rolling hill. And it, again, it's like a, a oh, line yeah. and a power gauge that you're using yeah. to, um, kind of shoot the ball, uh, like the best golf game. And I, as I alluded to earlier, the golf game I played the most, uh, desert golf. Oh yeah. I, so I like watched you play this game once. I never played it myself, but didn't you huh. get to like some insane level? Yeah. I have played, uh, an, a ludicrous amount of desert golf. I played desert, desert golf so much that, uh, when the developer put it out on, uh, steam, cause it's a, it was originally a mobile game. He just sent me a key for free <laughs> because oh, I like, really? it back and forth with him about how I played. I think I just played something like, uh, 20,000 holes, of desert Damn, golf dude yeah count yeah 20, desert golf is one of those games that like are they it, procedurally kind of, generated uh yes and oh, it okay. has uh it has at one time had a mechanism that basically um uh, something about the procedural generation it was supposed to i think it was inadvertent but what uh the creator kind of found is that after like three thousand holes or something it would uh like just uh sort of um like the probability of it generating a hole that was impossible was like basically a hundred percent. Oh, really? Um, because it would generate holes that like were just so difficult that uh, it, it couldn't be done. And so for a while, he thought that like you, you just couldn't get past this certain number of levels. But then uh, myself and a few other people that had like uh, that I'd seen had like reached out to him had found that like on some of those broken levels. Uh, it would generate, I don't know exactly how it did it, but it would generate, um, if you were playing a level, it had already generated the next level because when you finish the level, it just kind of like scrolls over to the side, keeping your ball in frame the whole time as it scrolls over. So it would have at least two, two levels generated at a time. Um, and, uh, you could use geometry from the next level that had been generated, but that you couldn't see it wasn't on the screen to like, you could shoot and bounce off of it to get the ball in the hole and continue to advance. And this is something I didn't know until I had already like gotten past that point. (laughs) Good Um, Lord. But desert golf (laughs) is sort of, uh, takes the opposite tact of this game, which is that it is literally nothing but the the golfing part. And like, it, it's i think that's it's one of my favorite games of all time probably yeah uh and it is a game that a lot of people don't understand because it is a game that has zero fanfare for anything you do uh it is a game that largely looks the same until you've played it for like dozens of hours and you realize that there's actually like tiny little subtle things and like random things that are super rare that almost never show up but that game is like you hit a ball in a hole. It You are shown how many strokes it took you to uh, get the ball in the hole. It makes a little sound that goes, boop, boop, but it's not even <laughs> particularly celebratory. And then you do it again until you're done doing it. There's no goals. There's no missions. There's nothing yeah. but a number of strokes slowly ticking up and a number of holes, compl- like the little flag on the number of holes going up. And that's it. And yeah. it is, See, uh, that's it is the, perfect. That's the interesting thing about like, I mean, Desert Golf, the 
digital game is really barely golf uh-huh. as it's it's kind of its own thing it's like a a game of like hitting a it's ball almost, with guessing angles and guessing yeah it's uh, like basically power, but um, that's it memorize parabolic trajectories and like yeah like parabolic trajectory the game like, yeah 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 More although it, it also like has some like fun golf. friction that you can game to you know really become a master i've played so much desert <laughs> <laughs> um but uh the the thing that uh i think is an important is i think the sort of desert golf uh implementation of two-dimensional video game golf is i would say like more fun and kind of maps a little bit more accurately to um sort of uh a, a big aspect of of playing golf in real life which is uh reading the the um sort of the terrain and how it goes up and down and the ball will right. roll and those kind of mechanics yeah uh, whereas uh, this sort of top-down perspective, to me, it's a little bit less intuitive, and it's not quite as enjoyable because you don't get like that simulated physics that is uh, that is really fun. But yeah. well, you get a I little bit of that serves... because the the sand traps, right? Sure, like, sure. They but slow it's, down it's... your momentum, yeah, and then you get the different momentum speed on uh, dark versus right, like light grass. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I take but... your point. Yeah, the, but the thing that you do get with this is you get a better sense of the world and it makes it more about being enjoying on a golf the course. scenery yeah, yeah. and being on a golf course, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah that seems right. So I um, think it's an important distinction that at first I was kind of like, oh, I was I thought this was going to be one thing, but then it's like, no, it really makes sense that it's it's this yeah. other thing. Yeah, and another way that that's sort of like the the top down rather than the... the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for the side view um, changes yeah. it is uh, like if you, no matter correct me if I'm wrong, but I think no matter how fast you hit a golf ball at the, uh, at the hole from point blank range, it's not going to go straight out. in. It'll go straight in. Yep. Um, so you, if you are confident about your alignment, there's no reason not to give it full power. Yeah, um, that's true. Which is um, very much not the case in um, almost any other golf game yeah. and definitely not the case in real life golf. Cause you'll just jump over the hole. Right, go right out. <laughs> yeah. Um, although um, it is, um, uh, I did eat my words on that. I was like, Oh, well there's no reason to ever go and soft. Then and then on one, you'll look at my score. Uh, there's one, um, where I did, I did quite well. Uh, I got under par on six out of nine, holes but on one of them that i got jordan over par, i'm good at video games number Ooh. eight hole eight i got three over because i was like oh, i'll just hit it right in and i did like yeah, super high just power and just it. launched it out of there yeah it's like damn it yeah you did much better than i did though i have an excuse which is a bad excuse admittedly but an excuse nonetheless so your overall score was minus four yes um my overall score was plus six oof but uh i the thing that i kept doing is um holding the button to set the power oh um, rather than just pushing it yeah and like uh, the first hole i didn't understand so so how you do the power basically you have one button that's like okay walk up to the ball set the angle and then another button where you're supposed to tap it once to start the power gauge filling and then tap it again to stop it um and i'm not sure what game it is I, i've played some game 
where you um you hold the power button and then it goes up and then you let go but in this game if you hold it it just charges up the smallest amount and then goes right away and the first like four shots i took i was like oh this is broken it it doesn't work so i just like held it let it go held it let it go and it like moved such a small amount uh that i like didn't even realize it was moving or it was like (laughs) confused i'm like what's happening um and then i kept like I would remember for a little while and then I would totally forget. So like one of the whole, the second hole, I think I got like eight. I was plus four. It was, it was really bad because I was already like, oh. I hit it way too far because you have to like hit the ball. I think it's the, uh, the, the first course is like pretty simple. And then the second course is kind of like, you have to hit the ball a pretty long ways. And so I was like, I just didn't know how far long was. So then I shot it way too far. I thought I shot it way too short. The first shot way too long. The second shot. And then somewhere in there, I did like two of the, Oh, I accidentally held the button. And so I've moved it like this far. It was, it was a bad scene. I might hit it in the water in that one. That one round too. Uh, I hit it in the water. It was once. bad. I do like yeah. the, the hitting it in the water was a thing. Did you ever run, <laughs> run out of balls that it's supposedly a thing, but it didn't happen to me. So yeah, I don't know how I got many down balls to the last to ball. Oh, where does it say how many balls you have? Uh, it, at the beginning, it just says you start with three balls. If you run oh. out, come get more. Oh, okay. So I guess I got I had, the last one too because I hit two in the water. I also hit oh. two in the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those levels with the little bridges that go over the water right in the middle of the course those were brutal. Yeah, so the first time that happened, I was like, ah, this is tough. The second time, I figured out the trick, which is that since the Pico 8 screens are all perfectly exactly the same size and like al- are aligned on each other uh, uh-huh. with perfect regularity, you literally look at the screen that has the um, bridge on it. You put your Uh finger on the bridge and then you scroll (laughs) over twice and you see the exact point you need to place your ball in order to shoot it horizontally and get it over. And uh, (laughs) that's how I did it. I like the idea of you like (laughs) going up to your monitor, like holding your, holding your thumb up to it and like, Eh. that's that's a very I, no, funny I phys- yeah i phys- physically put my pointer finger on my monitor and then tapped wow. over twice because you can use a telescope Commitment. you know to look quickly and sure. on, on one of them i did that and i discovered that there yeah. was a perfect straight line if i put my ball right there and you I know get- you you deserved the the better score in that you definitely put a, put forth a lot more effort than i than i did um, yeah it was it was fun i mean i did find it um there's something about like so the the like abstract exactness of um mm-hmm. of like the the top down two dimensional golfing is obviously mm-hmm. abstracts away some of the real physics of golf but it did sure. give it a kind of like um really satisfying sort of like tetrisy pleasure you know of like just when mm. it's, when it just snaps into place of sure, if sure. i could hit a long shot from one screen to another which I, oh, sure. I think I did only a couple times, but like I wasn't on yeah. the green and I got it straight in from there. There was so, one. I oof, almost got a hole in one on it. And I oh, was, really? I was, yeah. I was like, oh, damn, literally one pixel, uh, away from the hole on my first shot. And I was like, damn, oh, damn it. Yeah. And then most of the rest of the holes I did pretty bad. I think I only was, uh, under par on like four of them, or maybe even just like, I was under par on, yeah, three. Six, yeah. Yeah, dude, I I thought I had like figured out the game or something because four, five, six, and seven, I got two hits on each one. I was yeah. Like, Holy yeah. shit, dude. And then eight fucked me. So 
What can you do? <laughs> um, here's a here's a question. Did you? I had a couple times get. I got into a very frustrating situation, which is where if your ball is right on the edge of the screen, ah, yes. So that, that was the thing I wanted to talk about. Too. Basically, yeah. hit blind, which yep. is a technical limitation of Pico Eight. Is that it is, um, yeah. it's not a camera that's following you. It's like divided into screens, like an yes. NES game or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a result. Uh, if you hit the ball right to the edge of the screen, like I had one time where it was literally like the last pixel on the screen. I think I did too. Or close. The direction to the I had to hit it was uh, the direction screen. that was going off of the screen. So you literally so cannot it was like, see. Yeah, I was entirely blind. So that was basically yeah. like take a take a loss on that. Yeah, uh, I don't know how you would fix that in Pico Eight. It seems like it'd be really hard. Yeah, I. It seems like something that's just a limitation of, of the, the platform. I almost yeah. said hardware, but the, a li- a limitation of the 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 simulated hardware. Yes, <laughs> um, of the game environment. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I do. I did want to just say on the topic of Pico Eight that, um, I mean, I've only played I think one other Pico Eight game, uh-huh. and I've like. No, seen- I think that's not true. I think we've done at least two or three. We've done two now. Okay, but. well, this is a very complex Pico Eight game. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like Pico Eight is very stripped down. And I was impressed with how much stuff was in this. Like once I started using the like telescopes to look around and stuff, I was like, sure. "Oh shit, this is one of the most complex Pico Eight games." I've yeah, played. it it has kind of the the like um, a- ambition of like late era net like NES games, Nintendo Entertainment Systems, yeah. where like. Oh. We've been making games on the NES for six years. So at first it's like, here's Mario. You run to the side and you jump. Then by the end, it's like we're trying to pack all these like mechanics that really don't work on a on a console with like two buttons and four directions. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, not that much <laughs> graphics capabilities. Uh, I, I feel like uh, this this happened a lot in uh, like older generations of of game hardware when when um games were still like ramping up like by the end of the generation you have people like think about like star fox on the nintendo it's like the first uh three uh geometric 3d game and like it barely runs on a on a um super nintendo uh but (laughs) it's still like part of it is like impressive and ambitious and star fox 2 although it never was officially released until the like nest classic playing that game is kind of like really puts in it's like wow they were really trying some shit that uh the only the reason other people didn't try it is because it seems impossible and it kind of doesn't work but also you can like see the ambition be like yeah this is actually like really impressive for for like how limited the hardware was and i feel like you just you don't get that as much anymore because uh the hardware is just is so rarely the limitation and, yeah exactly true. like there's so many things you can do yeah. that uh you don't you don't see like developers really pushing up against the like the the technical limits uh, yeah. as much so it, it kind of evoked that like nes game with kind of more going on than the nes can really handle but you admire it anyway yeah uh, i do feel like there is something a sort of bigger conversation to be had about that just in like the way game design has changed over the last maybe we'll say, I mean the biggest change is maybe from like 1990 to 2005 or something. Like I feel like sure. I like the, the hardware rarely became a constraint. Now, now the constraints of design are usually like creative things rather than like or, something yeah, you add yourself hours. Yeah. Hours or things you add yourself. I guess hours is a big one, um, mm-hmm. but like not what can, your the computer technology run is um or at least not like what can it 
Yeah, what is what is the uh, what is the console technically capable of doing? Yeah, that's rarely the. I mean, in the strictest sense, it always is because you you know computers are limited. But sure, the sorts of things that people are doing, it's not like the creative decisions you have to make. It's like, oh, how do we? You know, yeah, it represent a ball moving across this screen with as few of like yeah. uh, processing power as possible. <laughs> yeah, it's just not something that uh, most developers have to think about. And and also yeah. another thing is that I think since uh, games have been around for just long enough that we've sort of um, accepted the uh, like certain limitations that have been sort of decided as like this is how it works. Like. Uh, Mark Brown, who we've talked about uh, uh, probably about a thousand times on this podcast, uh, does Game Maker's Toolkit on YouTube. It's a nice series on uh, on game design. But he um, he talks about uh, sort of there's a video. I don't remember what it's called, but it's about uh, game controllers and how uh, the design yeah, of games yeah, in the last like 20 years have kind of been limited uh, to by like the control schemes that we have. And the last three generations of consoles basically have all had roughly the same set of inputs like two analog sticks a directional pad uh four face buttons and four triggers is kind of like the standard has i mean like a ps2 has those and a ps4 has those the ps4 also has the touchpad but that's mostly used as like a a menu or map button for the most part or a gimmick (laughs) um yeah and so uh, it's, it, I think in like the NES era, people were like really pushing against stuff because it's like, Oh, what, what can we do? And now it's a little bit more, we've accepted like, Oh, these are kind of the things we do and computers can kind of do anything, but controllers are, this is just kind of how they work. Everyone understands this now. And everyone that plays games yeah. understands that this is a controller and how it works. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how, um, innovation and like r- sort of risk taking from a technical perspective has is has been shaped over the years and it's interesting yeah. i think i think vr is one of the spaces where control is having to be um uh pushed in in interesting new directions um because uh you know there are certain mechanisms like you know doing certain things that you would do on a controller can make you sick in vr and also just like having the the person's head and its relation to the game objects in space is like a, a way of having control be input. I mean, there are VR games that you control by like leaning your head forward or back yeah. to like sort of, so I don't know that I think there's still room to grow. I think we've got a little bit comfortable. I want to see more, um, more breaking that stuff. Actually, that, yeah. th- I just got reminded of, have you heard of, ever heard of a uh, alt control GDC of what you cut alt control GDC? Alt control. No, I haven't. So it's a uh, it's like a set of booths at GDC where the whole thing is that they have alternative control schemes. So it's like, you know, a, a couple of grad students with an Arduino and some weird, oh, uh, shit. basically huh. just like wiring up weird control schemes and building games around it. It's actually really cool. It's something that I uh, didn't go till in, until my last day at GDC when I went back in 2017. But it was it was really cool. There's like games where it's like, okay, you play by uh, like there's a couch and there's sensors on the different cushions in the couch and like different people are like sitting on parts of the couch to control the game. Or there was one um, 
where you like lay on a table and you have these like wings that they strap to you and you have to like flap your wings what? to fly and it's like a VR game. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't play That's that one. I, oh man, I, I don't know. I think that was at GDC last year. I had some Wait, friends. So you're that just physically it. laying on a table and everyone's watching you frantically flap your yeah, wings. It, well, it, you're not even laying on a table. You're laying on like this gimbal thing that rotates around and you have what? a VR helmet on and they have a fan that blows on your face and like. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually an oh, all-controlled GDC joint, <laughs> but yeah, you should look oh, up like VR flying game. I'm sure you'll find yeah, I video. Feel like, okay, sometimes it, it looks like, amazing. Like half of the appeal, at least, of VR as a like thing <coughs> is the people around you watching you flail <laughs> comically. You do weird stuff. Is the is the true appeal of VR is not to be the person in the helmet, but yeah. be the person on the outside trying to deduce what is going on underneath yeah. based were on you, the insane were you motions. There? When I uh, broke the light lighting bulb? fixture yeah, at my house, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that must have been pretty fun to watch. As I was like funny. flailing around like an idiot, and then I just punched the light. Uh, <sighs> yeah, that was but great. but yeah, that was a uh, super hot right. Uh, yeah, super hot VR, yeah. very cool. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I think um, sadly, a lot of those alternative control schemes, like most of them, will be um relegated to like small, strange spaces, like um, alt control GDC. Um, where people are encouraged to experiment yeah. or like weird gimmicky um, like I don't know peripheral based games like I don't know Cabela's Big Buck Hunter or something you know um, yeah I mean it's definitely true that the the sort of like institutional um, structure of the big game companies are more mm-hmm. amenable to like mass producing one hardware like platform with one kind of controller and then lots of different games rather than like many different kinds of controllers and stuff yeah although although even as few as like 10 years ago you saw rock band and guitar hero have this thing where like all right you're just gonna buy the and part of that was was expensive we can charge you a hundred dollars for a game that comes with a plastic guitar instead of sixty dollars so it's beneficial to us but then now i think the sort of plastic instrument thing has, has now it's stigmatized having a specific controller because now it's like oh well we had a lot of fun with those for five years but now we're sick of them we still have these plastic instruments and every goodwill in the world has you know a hundred guitar hero guitars that nobody really wants <laughs> so <Yeah>. it's <laughs> well but now uh, what you have is uh twitch streamers playing video games with like yeah that's playing, true playing winston on overwatch with a banana you ever see that? Oh, one? I did not see that. Yeah, he like had uh, mostly like four bananas that he had like wired up with like sure. simple electric cords and then just poked them in order to. Yeah, I mean, play it's like Overwatch. the, I guess the thing I see most uh, commonly is like Dark Souls runs with like playing it with the GameCube bongos. Yeah, yeah I saw that one. Like or I saw one Tyco with Drum Master. DDR, drums. Pat, Matt. Yeah, Matt. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, I, I, again, a lot of it is sort of relegated to these spaces of, um, you know, DIY stuff, or um, I already mentioned the alt control GDC, but it'd be interesting to see a, a, a bigger uh, like studio or uh, publisher taking a risk and introducing some weird alternative control schemes again. Um, yeah, it'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, do you have anything else that you'd like to, to add about Brendan Keough's putting challenge? Um, I mean, I guess I just, one other thing is I like the, the sort of like the provocation of this game, which we didn't talk much about, which is just like, uh, 
like don't assume that you know which part of the thing you're simulating is the fun part like um i don't know it just like seems like one of the things this game is doing is being like ah you th- golf games take it for granted that the physical mm. hitting of the ball is the only part worth translating into you know video game format but what if we added all this other stuff and i i feel like that that's the sort of like premise that you could use for a lot of like small indie games like what if we did i don't know what it would be but like shooting you know mm-hmm. guns where you the actual time it would take you to reload and the amount of time it would take you to like yeah reach, that game reach into your jacket and pull out that like that game exists uh i think it's called gun simulator it's like a vr game i'm relatively oh, sure where you yeah have and to you like, have to like physically put the shells in right yeah and you have to like individually load bullets in the into the yeah. magazine and then like put it in the bottom of the gun and like flip yeah the i think i've off. seen like gifs of this yeah 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 it's uh i don't know i think it's something that uh as uh people more and more people get more and more comfortable with uh games where it's like the concept is that it's not fun to play or it's um <laughs> sort of like making fun of the tedium or whatever uh that it, it's um becoming a more popular trend and it's it's yeah. fun to see it's a kind of a fun subversion of uh what you'd expect yeah um yeah i mean it obviously in many cases it will just turn out to be funny and tedious but sure. i think that one of the things this game the things that seem like they should they just be, be tedious are also kind of like turn out to yeah, be a kind of a nice core, they end up being the strengths of, of the game yeah yeah sure yeah. um all right well with that uh i think that i should tell the people about the game we're playing next week which yes. is called <laughs> kaiju super date tech which is a great name and also uh a premise that i'm very excited about basically the the it's, concept it's of what the it game sounds like. is <laughs> Uh, yeah, is that a, a a kaiju, which is a you know large monster? Uh, traditionally, like kaiju is a Japanese Godzilla uh, term for like yeah, Godzilla. Basically, uh, a kaiju is attacking, and rather than uh, setting all of your military might uh, upon it, you put your engineering prowess toward uh, building a robot uh, to woo <laughs> woo the 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 kaiju into a romantic engagement of some sort i'm not sure what exactly the end game is um but uh it's a game by uh powerhoof which i didn't realize this but um this game is uh, powerhoof they made a uh, regular human basketball which was a, a, oh, a relatively successful indie game from a few years ago that's large it's a similar concept basically you would like build or i don't know if you had to build them but they're like these large uh, mechanized robots that were supposed to be playing basketball, but it was basically a cooperative game where you had to have people running back and forth to like, all right, so we've uh, oh, set the yeah, legs in motion. Up, we have yeah. to like run up and lift the arm. Uh, and it was kind of mostly uh, a machine for uh, ridiculous shenanigans. Yeah, um, sure. But anyway, if you want to find this game, uh, you can go to powerhoof.itch.io slash kaiju super date tech which that's a lot of that's a lot of things to keep track too of too much how uh, are you going to remember that it can't be done I don't know, jordan instead what's what's a, what's an easier way instead to you, find it? you could follow us on twitter uh, at @edgeguardcast and we will tweet it to you uh, we tweet out the uh, links to the games uh, before we play them usually on wednesday evening i'll tweet it out and uh, you can play it in advance of the episode if you want to have a little more concrete frame of reference for the the game we're talking about that week uh, or if you just yeah. want to just see what's new in the podcast we also tweet out new episodes and sometimes we tweet at creators and have a little conversation so if you want to 
follow that. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, and then we post everything, uh, new episodes, information, that sort of thing, on uh, our website as well, edgeguardcast.com. Um, so we will post out uh, Kaiju Super Date Tech on Wednesday. And uh, we hope you follow us, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.